If the Lord has been faithful to you, would you tell him now? If you've seen him do it before, would you believe that he's going to do it again in your life? Let's lift our voices to him now. Oh, Lord, I love you. I thank you. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. I, uh, I grew up in a missions-giving church. My pastor served on a global missions board, and in Miami, Florida, it was a jumping-off spot for many missionaries coming and going from South America and Latin America, Central America, and the Caribbean. And so I grew up with a pastor who taught us to have a heart for missions. And early in my teenage years, or in my teenage years, with my first job, came my first commitment to global missions, and so it got deep in my heart. And whether it is giving, you know, just a little bit you can on a minimum wage job or giving of abundance, missions is the heart of God. And he left everything behind to come to us as an example that we should leave behind our selfish life to go to the world and give to the world. I appreciate the people in our church who served yesterday in our fall festival, a community event to reach out to people. And today we've come to this moment to hear the preaching of the Word of God, to enter into a time of consecration of ourselves and of our financial resources. Brother Lehman and my family and my wife's family go back a long, long way. He was youth president of Ohio years ago. My wife grew up there. He's a church planter in Wisconsin, a very successful pastor in Lancaster, Ohio. And in, when that church was in a growth mode, in revival, the Lord changed he and Sister Lehman's direction dramatically and called them to go to work in global missions, which they have done for over 43 years. Because of his preaching and teaching, he has seen in 1,700 church services over $70 million committed to global missions. Would you give the Lord a hand clap of that for what God has done through his ministry? We serve together in global missions. I know him to be a man of prayer, a man of integrity, an amazing family, a longtime friend, and prayed for our family for many, many years. We love Brother and Sister Lehman. Their daughter Melanie is here with them today. And Brother Lehman, would you please come minister the Word of God today in the power of the Spirit? Would you welcome Brother J.S. Lehman to this pulpit to preach the Word of God today? I love you, sir, and I respect you. Praise the Lord, everyone. It's a joy to be here on a beautiful Sunday morning. Now, of course, uh, our son is in Florida. And the news said we were going to have a lot of rain yesterday and today. I made it a matter of prayer. Lord, I've got uh, four hours to drive and uh, going and coming. And I said, Lord, I'm asking you to hold that rain. It, 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 even, you know, have it go a different direction. And so far, so far it has. We drove up yesterday with just a few little drops on the windshield. But uh, we made it here and uh, enjoy already this service this morning. Uh, 
your pastor, your pastor mentioned a little bit about us. Well, I know a little bit about him too, because uh, uh, first of all, he married a wonderful lady. I, I knew her before he knew her. But uh, God is so good, and then, uh, and then to uh, uh, serve, you know, he was the international youth president, and then we served together on the foreign missionary board, and now he has taken another step higher with being superintendent of uh, uh, Georgia. Uh, but uh, I know he still loves God, and I still love him. I appreciate him so very much. You have a wonderful pastor. I just rem I remember one thing. Before he came here, he was uh, uh, still at headquarters, and I felt I, I knew a little bit about the, the church, but very little, but I knew him. And I, I, I just felt to... Uh, I said, Brother, Brother Johns, I want you to come in my office. I said, I really feel, I really feel that you are in the will of God to go to Atlanta West. I felt it so strong. Now, I'm not saying that, that, that I'm that religious, but there's times I really hear from God, and I knew I heard from God on that. And I think the results are here this morning. God is blessing this church. And uh, then I'm, I'm just glad my wife is, is with me and also my daughter is someplace. I don't know where, but she's here. Uh, she, she told me before, she said, Dad, if you ever get invited back to Atlanta West, I want to know. I want to be there. She flew in yesterday to be here today. So uh, we love this church and uh, we love your family. I, I want to call your attention this morning to the book of Acts chapter 9. The book of Acts chapter 9. And I want to begin reading with the first verse. Acts chapter 9 and 1 reads like this. And Saul, yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, went unto the high priest and desired of him letters to Damascus, to the synagogues, that if he found any of this way, whether they were men or women, he might bring them bound unto Jerusalem. And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven. And he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And Saul answered, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord answered, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And he trembling and astonished said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. Now, I want to speak on the thought for a few minutes this morning, the question, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And I believe each of us can answer that, uh, you know, with that question going to you, and, and the Lord impresses upon each of us what we are to do in a service like this. You may be seated. A number of years ago, uh, wife and I were at a missionary conference in Jackson, Mississippi. We walked in the auditorium, of course, they, they had a Saturday night, Sunday morning, Sunday night. Now, we're going back several years, 
Uh, some of you may remember, in fact, I remember my dad pastoring. Uh, he had a Wednesday night Bible study, Saturday night service, Sunday morning and Sunday night, every week. And we went. As I was growing up, there was no question. I went. And I am so glad I had a dad that was like that. I am. Now, some say, oh, I let them do what they want to do. You better lead them in the right way. I believe that. You better lead them in the right way. But we walked in the auditorium on Saturday night, and there was a big banner across the front of that church, and it stated this, some give by going, some go by giving. Without both, there are no missions. Now, we also have a, a program that has been in effect for many, many years entitled Faith Promise Giving, which this church is involved in it. But uh, Faith Promise Giving and Going they are the team of the missionary program. Uh, when, we, when we really realize uh, that, uh, that when the Lord saved us, he didn't save us just for myself or you. God saved us with a purpose to help send this gospel around the world. And thank God the Global Missions Department is in excess of 200 churches, and we've got just a few more to go, and we will have reached the whole world. Now, uh, a faith promise commitment to me is exciting. Now, uh, before I came with foreign missions, we were very much involved in the faith promise giving. I was pastoring in Lancaster, Ohio, uh, just about 20 miles from where Sister John's uh, was, uh, was uh, uh, saved and grew up. But... Uh, we were involved in global missions giving. And it was a part of the church. In fact, my last year as, uh, as pastor, we were 11th in the nation in giving. Now, we believed in it. We practiced it. And God blessed. In fact, my, uh, I didn't even intend to say this, but my last year of pastoring, we baptized 124 in Jesus' name and 108 received the Holy Ghost. And the yearly Sunday school average increased over 250. We more than doubled in a five-year period. I know it works because we are bringing God into the financial picture of our lives. Faith promise is a part of living. Uh, some have uh, stated that uh, in a faith promise service, you know, you ask the Lord for direction, like I, uh, the, the title of this message is, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And as you ask him for direction, he gives it. And I've had uh, many people relate this. They said, Brother Lehman, that first amount that flashed through our mind, and then the one that we changed it, you know, to a little bit lower, they said that first amount was what God wanted. And I still believe that today. That first amount is what God is impressing us to do. Now, we live in a day and age when when people are looking for answers, they're really looking. Now, I, I had an incident happen to me within the past week since we have been, uh, we, uh, we were in Jackson, Mississippi, or I'm sorry, Jacksonville, Florida, last Sunday, and then here this Sunday and with our son uh, between time. Well, I got a phone call the other day, and uh, you know how it is sometimes you are willing to answer the phone and sometimes you don't know who's calling and you dare not answer. Well, I, I looked at it and I thought, I know that man. 
It was Robin Hoops. I thought, why in the world is he calling me? I graduated with him. And I, I, haven't, I haven't seen him for years. And I answered and, and I said, Robin Hoops. I said, how in the world did you get my phone number? Now, I, I grew up in Crooksville, Ohio, and we now live in uh, Bridgeton or St. Louis. And I said, how in the world did you, did you get my number? He said, well, Myron Orr, another one of our senior graduates, all in the same class, he gave me your number. Well, I thought, wow, that is something. Uh, because Myron Orr was with a service that I was in, in, uh, in Crooksville, Ohio, where I, where I uh, graduated from. And he said, he told me to call you, that you've got a book that you need, uh, that he, you need to read. Well, it was, uh, I have two books out on Faith Promise Giving, and I, I was just so excited. And uh, I said, well, where do you live? And uh, he said, well, I live in Florida. And I said, well, man, I'm going to be there next week. He said, you are? I said, yes. And uh, he said, well, we got to get together. Friday, we got together. And I, uh, I felt so impressed. Ever since the phone call, I felt so impressed. I've got to talk to him about Jesus' name, baptism, and fill him with the Holy Ghost because he related how that he used to be in one church and then changed because things were, you know, too loose. And I thought, he's open. And we got together on Friday. And I mean, we sat and talked, and I mentioned to him, I was, they, they had been baptized in the Trinity, and uh, I mentioned to him about uh, what the Bible has to say about being baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. He had never heard of it. And uh, uh, he, he related that, uh, you know, he, you could just tell he was hungry. And so we began to talk to him about baptism in Jesus' name and receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and they, they, they just ate it up. It, it was so exciting to me because we are still in a world today that's hungry for truth. And I'm not finished with him yet. We've got a long ways to go, but I am excited because just how it all happened. Seemingly, uh, now, uh, I was in a service uh, where four out of my senior year was there in service listening and never came to church when I was growing up. But God's doing things in these last days. And it's evident, it's evident uh, with the pastor you have. God is blessing. God is anointing. God is leading. Now, on the occasion that I just read in Acts chapter 9, where the man, the man uh, Saul of Tarsus, when he uh, had his experience with Almighty God, at that time he was looking for truth, but I don't think he knew it. The life that he had lived, was nothing to be compared with a saint of God because he was a, uh, a man that many feared. Uh, Paul has the name of, of being a great missionary, but uh, Saul of Tarsus was not always a missionary, and his name was changed to Paul. Paul has the name of being a great missionary, but Paul was not always a missionary. Look at his past. Uh, his father and his mother, they were Jews. Uh, he came from the tribe of Benjamin, and was well educated. His family was wealthy. He may have been a member of the Sanhedrin. Uh, he, he just, uh, I mean, he, he also disturbed many church services. He went into every synagogue he could go into. 
uh, and in fact, he, he was a persecutor of the church. He was intense in what he was doing. And I believe the Lord recognized his, his position. And so as a Pharisee, uh, you know, he was, he was a religious man, not like we know it, but he was a Pharisee. He fasted twice a week. He tithed. He believed in the resurrection, but everything was done for a show. He had been witnessed to, but truth hadn't registered. Because if you read in uh, 1 Timothy chapter 1, verses 12 and 13, it reads like this. He wrote, he said, And I thank Christ Jesus our Lord, who hath enabled me, for that he accounted me faithful, putting me into the, uh, the ministry, who was before a blasphemer and a persecutor and injurious, but I obtained mercy because I did it in unbelief. I did it ignorantly. Now, you know, I think there's many people like that today, just like that couple that we talked to this week. They're hungry. They'd already mentioned on the phone that they were upset where they were going. Well, God knows. God just had, you know, how in the world could, um, could we end up in in this area, this time of the year, and I get a phone call from a friend in Florida that hadn't seen for years. God saw the hunger. And I believe that is exactly what this man saw of Tarsus. He was searching, but he didn't know what he was searching for. He had been witness to, but he didn't understand what they were saying. Many today worship Buddha, Muhammad, and many other organizations but they need the truth. And when they come in contact with it, God blesses. I recall a few years ago, there was a family that moved from Saudi Arabia to Louisiana. They had a teenage daughter, and this daughter became friends with our Pentecostal girls in that school. They invited her out to church with them. Her parents didn't know that. Uh, but uh, she was invited. I don't know what she told her parents about, well, I'm going such and such a place. I don't know what she told her, <clears throat> but she came into church <clears throat> and in a prayer meeting, came into a prayer meeting with her, with her uh, you know, uh, senior friends, and uh, she heard people praying, and something got a hold of her, and she turned to her Ahmed, and she said, now, Ahmed, Ahmed uh, I, I, I'm searching for truth. I want to know, is this church for real? <clears throat> is this church for real? And there was no answer. Finally, she shifted gears and she said, Now, Jesus, I'm looking for truth. I'm asking for your direction. And as she prayed, another girl in the same prayer room on the other side started praying to, uh, in, in tongues was pray, praying to Allah. This girl from Saudi Arabia heard the interpretation. She knew it. And God ministered to this girl visiting with that girl. I mean, and she was so hungry. She was baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Went home and told her parents what had happened to her. Her dad was furious. And he put a curse on her life and was getting ready to go back to Saudi Arabia to kill her. But somehow, she escaped and got away. 
married a young man uh, from Ohio, uh, from Ohio, or I'm sorry, from, from the United States. And as a result, God has blessed her in amazing ways. There's people still searching for God, still searching. <clears throat> in fact, uh, one of our missionaries related an incident that happened in the Philippines where there was a, a Muslim man lived just a few doors from one of our churches. And one day the pastor was sitting out in front of the church and this Muslim man came up the street with a gun in his hand, come up and turned toward the pastor and fired five shots, everyone missing him. They got the police to come, they took him to uh, the jail and then the pastor went down started talking to that man that had tried to kill him just a few days earlier and started witnessing him about the name of Jesus and that man was released and, and the pastor told them, he said, release this man. I take all charges against him for what he has done. But that is what will save lives. When we are willing to forgive and forget. You know, sometimes we can forget but we just don't always forget. I think we all we all have a little struggle with that once in a while. But uh, God is, is so good to us. But you know, when we send missionaries overseas, uh, it's amazing what happens. Uh, in Pakistan, we've had a great church there for many, many years in Pakistan. But uh, <clears throat> one of our missionaries was sitting in his office one day, and a Muslim man stripped to his waist, walked in, that had just, it was during the Easter season, and they will take a, uh, a, um, uh, a chain and, and beat their backs, uh, showing, the, you know, I guess, that to their religion, how, however you describe it. But anyway, uh, that man with his back bleeding walked into the missionary's office, turned around and showed him a bleeding back, and said, that's what I do for my God. What do you do for yours? They don't know about our God yet but they do know about sacrifice. They do know about sacrifice. <clears throat> a lady in India uh, was walking to the river one day with her two children. One was sick and the other was well. And uh, not long, she came back just with a sick child. And someone looked at her and wanted to know, well, where is the well child? Oh, I offer that to the crocodiles. They said, well, why did you offer your well child to the crocodiles? She said, we offer to our God our best. They don't know about the message yet, but they do know about sacrifice. <clears throat> you see, Paul was on his way to Damascus from Jerusalem, uh, roughly 140 miles north, uh, with a letter in his pocket giving him permission to persecute the Christians and bring them back to God only knows what maybe to kill them or otherwise. But as he was on his way, the scripture tells us that there was a bright light that shone down from heaven, brighter than the noonday sun. It dropped him to the ground, and a voice from heaven started talking to him. And that voice said, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? Why persecutest thou me? Well, he was hearing a voice from heaven, and that must have that, that must have really shocked him to a, to a, a great degree. But, uh, <clears throat> uh, you know, Saul, uh, the, the Lord, uh, he said, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And uh, uh, then Saul answered, 
And he said, Who art thou, Lord? I believe there's a reason he asked that question that way. Because earlier, Saul had been guilty of, <clears throat> of killing people. He had, been guilting, he had been guilty of stoning Stephen to death. And as Stephen was being stoned to death, Stephen cried, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. Saul never forgot that word, Lord. He must have wondered, who is this Lord? Who is this Lord? I believe that's the reason, that's the reason when, uh, when he was talking back and forth with the Lord where, where he said, uh, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, who are you, Lord? Thinking of Stephen's prayer. Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. And he got an answer back. I am Jesus. What an answer. What an answer. Even today, what an answer. I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. Well, you, you see, many things must have rolled through Saul's mind. Things that he had done. People that he had killed. Uh, those that he had severely persecuted. But yet through all of this, through all of this, things started being revealed to him. God was giving this man, Saul of Tarsus, who was a persecutor of the church. He was a deep persecutor of the church. But God was giving him a revelation, a revelation of who he really is. You know, your prayers, your prayers live on years and years after you have prayed them. My dad was a, uh, my dad was a, uh, before salvation, he was a shovel operator in Ohio, a, a coal shop shovel operator. And um, uh, he worked with a man that was Pentecost. And this man that he worked with just kept after my dad. My, my dad's uh, nickname was Limo. He said, Limo. I want you to come and go to church with me. My dad kept putting his off, putting him off, until one, one, dad, or one night my dad came home from work. And he looked at my mother and he said, so-and-so's been asking us to, uh, to go to church. Why don't we go to shut his mouth? And that's all it took. Because they went to church. They were baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. My dad was pastoring a church and starting another, uh, another church the day he dropped dead suddenly. But um, my, I, I want to relate a, a little incident that happened with my sister uh, that's older than me. Uh, my, my sister was um, uh, working uh, through high school. She was going to church, involved, playing in the orchestra and, and everything. But uh, little did my parents know, but there was a young man <clears throat> that kept stopping into the place where she worked and kept uh, uh, talking to my sister Martha. And, and finally, my, my sister ran away and got married at the age of 18. And uh, uh, it, it, was, it was quite a blow to my, to my parents because they knew nothing about what she had been doing. Well, <clears throat> uh, after 55 years, <clears throat> her marriage with uh, her husband it, uh, he died, and, and there she was alone. For one year after that, she began to think about uh, what she had left years and years earlier. One Sunday afternoon, 
She said, I was home all alone. And she said, I just felt impressed that I need to go to church tonight. Not even invited. But she went to church, walked in, and sat down. And the Spirit of God began to move in that service. And just before the preacher got up to preach, the one leading the service stopped. He said, there is someone here tonight. This is your night. She said, Jack, I knew that was me. She walked to the altar and in two minutes prayed back through to the Holy Ghost. Out of church, 55 years. Now, the interesting thing is this. The next day, uh, she was out in her yard and, and she went across to a neighbor <clears throat> that she had been friends with right across the street. And she uh, uh, went up to the neighbor and she said, you know, I, I, had, uh, I had an experience last night. And she said, I want you to know I will no longer be cutting my hair. I will no longer be wearing pants. She went right down the holiness line, step by step, as to what she was now going to do. What I want to point out is this. She never forgot all those years growing up, 18 years before she, before she backslid. The message had been planted there, and she could not forget it and didn't forget it. And she is, she is older than, she is, uh, I think, seven years older than I am. And she doesn't miss a Sunday service. She will go, uh, she, she's uh, in the church in Zanesville, Ohio. And if you know Brother Aaron Bounds, that's her pastor. And then uh, they're uh, helping another church uh, about 20 miles away. She'll go there for the Sunday afternoon service and come back to the home church for Sunday night three times a Sunday. Why? She really got refilled. She really got renewed in the Holy Ghost. She had never forgotten. She had never forgotten. And so th th there's just so many things that if we will simply <clears throat> give God a chance. Maybe, maybe you have a, a, a husband, a, a wife, or a family members. Maybe you have uh, those that, uh, uh, you know, you've been praying for. Don't give up. Don't give up. We prayed for my sister for 65 years. So you know I'm at least 65 years old. God answers. Don't give up. Don't give up. The Bible says that if we would ask anything in his name, in faith believing, it shall be done. Don't give up. You see, we got a few seats empty here this morning. More room. Let's fill them up. We've got the message. We've got the truth. <clears throat> now, the reason that we send missionaries overseas is because they need what we have. They need what we have. Now, this card, I mean, this covers the spectrum. This covers virtually everything that, that we need to do. And so when you begin to ask, Lord, now what do you want to channel through me? in helping to send the gospel around the world. And when we, in other words, don't ask God for anything if you don't intend to listen. You need to listen for the answer to your prayer request. And when you do, in fact, let me give you uh, just a couple illustrations here. One year ago, uh, the first part of October, I was in Jackson, Michigan. Now, I had been in that church Years before, be with other with other pastors, 
but uh, this pastor invited me to come. Then when I got there, he told, the church, he told me, he said, Brother Lehman, I have been feeling to have faith promise presented to my church but f since the first of the year. And so he, he called and invited me to come. Well, we uh, came there on, the, on that uh, Sunday morning, and I preached, and following the service, the commitments came in, and they started reading them one by one by one. And then uh, about a week or so later, I got a call from the pastor who said, Brother Lehman, he said, in that faith promise service, he said, we had one of the poorest families in our church that made a $50 a month commitment. He said, and the, the wife had been disabled and had made application for, you know, for monthly income. He said, we had made that application six months earlier but heard nothing. He said, two weeks after the commitment service, she got a, a letter from the government stating, you will now start receiving $750 a month. Well, that was exciting to that family. Not only that, but the husband, on his job, they gave him a $400 a month raise. Not too bad. Not too bad. A backslider was in that service that Sunday morning, and uh, God dealt with him. And he told the pastor, he said, Pastor, I am not going to pay double my tithing, and I'm going to send $75 a month to the missionary program. I mean, one thing after another started happening. Why? Because they answered when they said, Lord, what do you want us to do as a family? When they obeyed, God answered. Now, one year later, I got a call from the pastor who had related the, the previous year's testimonies. And this year, which is, it was earlier this month, this year, the pastor called and he said, Brother Lehman, he said, I, I, got, an, I got an interesting uh, testimony to give about myself. He said, this month, I was given a 2019 Chevy Malibu free. He said, I needed the car, and God knew it. So, when we begin to realize that Almighty God listens when we pray, when we talk to him. Now, now I realize there's got to be many various categories throughout this auditorium this morning. But listen, God Almighty does answer prayer. He still answers prayer. And, and it's just so exciting. It's just so exciting to, to realize all the, uh, the excitement when you obey and ask, Lord... What do you want to channel through me? Now, I was in a church in Louisville, Kentucky. And uh, I'd been to that church many, many years, 15 years. Uh, I'd been going uh, every weekend. And um, uh, just a couple years ago, uh, there was a family in that church. He was laid off from his job. Did not know when he would get called back. But in that faith promise commitment service, he asked the Lord, Lord, what do you want, what do you want our family to give? And he felt impressed to give $40 a month laid off. He obeyed the Lord and filled out the card on a Sunday. And on Monday, no service going on, he came in the church and walked down the side aisle. And as he was walking down, nothing in that aisle he turned around, and whatever he was doing up there, he walked back, 
and there was $40 of change in the aisle. He, sat, he got, got down and counted the bills and counted the change, exactly $40 that he didn't have. But the Lord knew that, and the Lord knew how to provide it. You say, oh, come on, Brother Lehman. Things don't happen like that. They do happen and are happening. All we have to do is just be strong enough to believe God will answer. The scripture does say he is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that you're able to ask or even think according to the power that worketh in us. Now, there's something about obeying God. Even our mission, I mean, we've got many testimonies about our missionaries. One of our missionaries was coming home uh, from, uh, he'd been in Africa, came home and uh, was, was going on deputation. And, you know, that's where they go from one church to the next for prayer and for finances so that they can go back. This uh, missionary came home and he wanted to buy a motor home and uh, price them and realize I can't afford a motor home. And he was a little mechanical, and he thought, well, I'll, I'll buy a bus, and I'll try to convert that bus into a, a, a bus home. Well, uh, he, he started on that, and that was just a little more than, than he was qualified to do. So he was driving the bus, not converted, just driving the bus, and his wife was uh, in Beaumont at the time. Uh, he was traveling by himself uh, in Louisiana, and... Uh, he was traveling, and he had motor problems and uh, pulled the uh, bus into a, uh, where, they, where he thought they fixed it, and he drove 50 miles farther, and it stopped, and they said, you've got to replace the engine. Well, he called his wife, and he said, honey, we got problems. We need a bus, uh, a motor for the bus, but we don't have any money. His wife somehow felt led to just tell the pastor that. The uh, pastor took up a special offering at the church, and... Uh, uh, sent the money to him, and he got the, boat, uh, the engine replaced. Well, they came, he came back to Beaumont to pick up his wife, and he was at the church, and one man walked up to him and called him by name, and he said, Brother, he said, you know when, uh, when you were having motor problems on your bus and, and the pastor took up a special offering? He said, yes. He said, well, he said, wife and I had been saving money to blacktop our driveway. We had saved at that time $380. And she, he said, in that service, I felt so impressed. We were to give that $380 in the offering. So we gave it in the offering. He said, now, that money that we were saving was to blacktop our driveway. He said, uh, he said well, you know, we didn't, we didn't have, you know, we put all of our money in the offering. But he said, uh, we came home from work uh, a few days later, and our driveway was blacktopped. He said, we had not ordered it. We had not, uh, you know, even made a request for it. He said it was blacktop from the street all the way up to the garage. He said, we wondered, how did this happen? He said a few days later, we were coming home from work, and just a door or so down from our house, the blacktop crew was there, blacktopping that driveway. They had blacktopped the wrong driveway, and he got his free. He is able. Lord, what, what thou hast. What, what do you think went through the mind of that pastor? Or that man that made the commitment? 380, Lord, we've been saving a long time for that money for the driveway. But the Lord said, I know. You give to me and I'll give to you. 
hey, listen, there's a scripture. Let me, and let me just close with this. There is a scripture. Luke chapter 6, verse 38, which reads like this. Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Shall men give, notice, shall men give into your bosom. For with the same measure that you meet with all, it shall be measured to you again. You see that couple in Beaumont, Texas, they gave the $380 for a motor, but yet it was given to the work of God. And God Almighty gave them the complete amount for that driveway. What do you need from the Lord? What do you need from the Lord today? And I'm sure as you've heard me here, you've probably thought, well, this amount or that amount. Well, how about, how about his amount? How about his amount? And so as you, as you just consider, as you consider what, what you feel the Lord is directing through you uh, here in this service, why don't you obey? Just give him a try. You know, there's one scripture in the Bible that says try. Uh, Malachi 3 and 10, you know, talking about giving. It's the only place in the Bible where it says prove me. Prove me with your finances and see what I will do. Are you willing? He's willing. He'll be more than willing if you'll just give him a chance. Would you give the Lord a hand clap of praise and thanksgiving for Brother Lehman and his faith in God. I have watched him for many, many years. Straightforward, just believes that God will do what he said that he would do. If you don't mind, please take your faith, promise, commitment card and complete the top part. And we're going to pray right now that the Lord would speak to us and we're going to listen. And I want to tell you that right now while you're doing this rudimentary thing of filling out a card, this is a spiritual exercise between you and Jesus Christ who knows all of your needs And He is able to supply all your need according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. You may have a non-financial need, some other area of your life, but He knows that need. And it is all connected together. We're integrated into one person. And when we completely give ourselves to the Lord, it starts with ourselves, but our finances are always a picture of our hearts. Let's pray right now. Lord, I thank you for what Brother Lehman has preached to us today. And I'm asking you, Lord, to speak to everyone who's asking for the voice of God. Recognize, Lord, that every one of us have limitations to what we can give. We also know, Lord, that when we are willing to give our very best to you, whatever that is, that your best is always better than the little bit that we have. So I pray right now, Lord, over people, Lord, who may be affected by the fear to give or reluctance to give. And I ask you, Lord, in Jesus' name, that this message of faith that we've heard from Brother Lehman would spark faith in us that we would believe, Lord, 
that you are able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think according to the power that is at work in us. So speak to your people now in Jesus' name. I ask you, Lord, to help us enter into a faith promise commitment to you. That as we commit, Lord, our faith is that we're trusting you to provide that stretch of faith today to make a difference around the world. In Jesus' name I pray. I give you a moment to just talk to the Lord and make that commitment between you and Him right now. song today said, if you gave yourself, then so will I. In a moment when we stand, I'm going to invite you to bring your commitment to the altar. You can lay it any place across the altar. And then I'd like to invite you to to stay here. Just leave a little room for others to bring their commitment. I don't want to issue a challenge to you today. If you have a source of income in your life, whether it is meager or it is a lot of money, I'm asking you to believe God today and make a faith promise commitment. I know some of you have heard me say this before, but my first job was a bag boy at a grocery store. Back then, many of you have stories like this. Back then, minimum wage was $1.65 an hour. Bobby Wendell came to our church, a missionary to Africa. Her husband had been killed as a missionary in a terrible car accident. Bobby Wendell challenged our church to faith promise commitment. At 16 years old, I didn't know how I was going to do that. I had insurance and all kind of stuff that, you know, I needed to pay. But the Lord just directed me $25 a month, and I don't know how. But I knew that my heart was touched and I wanted to show it in the way I gave. That's just my little story and there's more through the years. But why don't you, why don't you let God give you a story today? A step of faith, whatever that means to you. Would you stand and would you bring your commitments to the Lord? Lay them on the altar and then would you along with your faith promise commitment, would you give yourself to Him today?